Welcome to the Earn Every Dime Online Show, where our job is to help you uncover new ways to earn a living online. Now we do this by talking through concepts, ideas, strategies, and people that hopefully help you make more money online. Listen in as Scott Welch, CEO of Global Bridge Builders, and an author of his new work, 101 Ways to Enjoy the Mosaic, and his previous work, Plantation Jesus, Race, Faith, and a New Way Forward. As we talk about all things entrepreneurial, the places that he's gone and been, and where he wants to go next. Enjoy. Part of that, that, um, that filmmaking couldn't be uh, applied to. Sure. And so I, I put a kind of pulled a call out to my friends and I said, Hey, here's the deal. Um, I want to, I'm thinking about doing something and, uh, I want to know, um, uh, if you would meet with me, but the way that I did it is because I didn't initially want to do it. I said, um, I want to set this meeting up at the, one of the busiest times of the year because I know nobody will show up. <laughs> so I set it up the day before Thanksgiving, uh-huh. and everybody showed up. That's interesting. And they said, okay, Scott, so what do you want us to do? I said, oh, my word. And, and once I got understood that, I just knew that I was supposed to do it um, because everybody came. They came with their sleeves rolled up. They said, what do you want to do? I said, and all I did, I just talked about here's what I believe about our young people. Mm-hmm. That they're brilliant, that they have moments of genius, that they're high capacity, that we've given them a bad rap, and blah, 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 you know. All that, yeah. And they said, we agree with that. So what do you want to do? I said, I'm thinking of a film festival, but I've never been to one before. Mm-hmm. I said, but some of you have done them. Right. I said, I can do events. I know how to plan stuff. Yeah. I said, but I've never been to a film festival. That's interesting. And I'd like you guys to put that part together. And I'll do my part. I'll raise the money for it. Right. Hey, I like that. And that was, they're like, okay. So first year, we had um, like 100 people come over. And this, so this was 2012? This is 2012. Right. And boy, it was a lot of work for 100 people. But <laughs> I saw we had something because Sundance came from Utah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, Sundance is here. Why are you here? They said, because we only have about six that we know of, six uh, film festivals that are youth centric that really revolve around our young people mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. And they said, Well, and you're one of those. I said, No. Wow. What do you mean? So you thought that the thing I'm you like, were starting, I this platform, was, yeah, everybody's doing this. Common every, as, as anything, mm-hmm. right? And they said, No, 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 this is really different. I said, But but the industry's always talking about the talent that they don't have. Mm-hmm. Why do, to me, connect the talent, create the pipeline, you solve the problem. And do it in a unique way. And you do it in a unique way. They said, that's why we're here. I said, well, okay. Second year, did it great. By the third year, we had 750 films from 46 countries. Uh Just kids and college kids and non-professionals submitting films from all around the world. But we only had two from Michigan. I said, wait a minute, time out. Uh This is not going the way that I wanted to go. They're like, do you see these numbers? Uh I said, yeah, but... My backyard's talking to me. That's right. My kid's right here. Where I'm from. Where I'm from. They, <laughs> they don't have the opportunity. I'm, I love the kids in Brazil and, you know, Rome and Milan and Sen- I, That's great. What about my kids here? Yeah. yeah. I said, we're going to break this model. 
they're like, what? I said, we're, I'm, we're not going to do this like this anymore. That's interesting. My goal is to serve these kids here in this zip code yeah, right, yeah. first. And then we can go out to wherever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I said, so how are we going to do it? I said, how can we reach all these kids, take away all the financial maybe barriers that might be there? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one of the folks on the, on, the, on the thing said, you know what? What if we did mobile film? I said, tell me more about that. He said, well, you know, most kids have a mobile device mm-hmm. and uh, it's essentially free. I said, I think that's genius right there. So the fourth year, it became all mobile because 86% of kids Ah, around the United States have mobile devices. We also want to show them the power of the mobile devices and story structure, creativity, Mm -hmm. problem solving, right? A lot of their YouTube heroes, a lot of the Instagram Mm -hmm. heroes, and a lot of some of the even films that are being shot on mobile devices. That's right. And so we wanted to show them the power of what they had in their hand with Mm -hmm. that mobile device. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it began to, we totally changed it. And so now, as of last year, we had 225 kids from Grand Rapids. That's what's up. I love that. I love that. And they got the cash prize. Sure. So what occurred then, though, is we, I have a friend that I was introduced to that was a part of the, that worked in the White House for President Obama Mm -hmm. with the um, online Mm -hmm. content, digital director. And she was in Kenya. She knew somebody that was an Obama fellow in Kenya. And so she told, Emily told Njeri about mosaic and so now they're going to be doing one over there so april of 2019 the kids in nairobi are going to be doing a mosaic there that well that we're going to connect them mm-hmm, with our kids mm-hmm. here so it's stuff like that but the point is is that we created we created mosaic as a kit mm-hmm. so any community can do their own mosaic because like that's it. the sure, goal sure the goal is that it helps educators and that it helps kids and you get a more enlightened workforce. You get a more enlightened entrepreneur because he or she can solve problems. And we want, we want to start them early. So now we're actually working with middle school kids. So That's awesome. we never thought that we would be working with middle yeah. school kids. Yeah. And, but, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's interesting. And I, I want all the listeners to hear that, you know, when you're starting things, and you know, it doesn't always have to be a big production. Mm-mm. You have to sometimes, as you heard, Scott Welch of Global uh, Bridge Builders and Mosaic. Yeah. Do you call it Mosaic? Mosaic, or Mosaic film experience. Film experience. Yeah. That sometimes you have an idea what you want to do. Yeah. You maybe have a partner or two that comes and says, hey, here's how we can help this idea mm-hmm. uh, with material or and or connections. Yeah. And then you put your talents together. True. You create something and you watch it grow. Yeah. Right. People, and, they ask me all the time. They say, how do you. How do you do all the stuff you do? I said, I believe in teams. Oh, that's awesome. And I believe in collaboration. That's right. I know that's the right. stuff that I cannot do, and I know the stuff that I'm really good at. So I just stay in my lane. And then if you if you looked around the table of the this amazing group of people for the Mosaic Film Experience, everybody on the team, and I've done this very purposefully, everybody on the team, they do for a living what they're doing for Mosaic. Mm. So the person that's doing publicity, they have a PR firm. Ah, but they so they're staying in their lane as well. And they're doing that. Right. And, and the person does their, writing. I love well, that. guess what they do for Mosaic? They write. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so no one gets burned out. And I'm always focusing back to the customer. The customer is our kids. That's right. Serve them like lavishly. Right. Mm-hmm. We bring in people from Black Panther, Wrinkle in Time, from HBO to show mm-hmm. these kids. Now, and here's the thing, too. We have a particular bent towards public school kids. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and we, I say that because... Generally, they are an afterthought. 
Mm. And, you know, and they're thinking, well, aren't we worth something? And heck yeah, you are. So what we do, we actually pull out all the stops for them. And if there are other kids that benefit as a result that are in private school, which is wonderful, we love all of our kids. <laughs> but in terms of who's in the queue, right, mm-hmm. who's in line first, mm-hmm. we want to serve it to our public school kids first, our intermediate, our intermediate school district kids first, because oftentimes they get some of the scraps because of funding. Sure, sure. Yeah. So we raise it, and we have an amazing community here with Grand Rapids. They're, like, they're saying, you know what, we believe in what you're doing. And you can show us every year the impact, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So last year we served more than 1,500 kids. That's grown. We didn't always serve that many kids. He started off, you said, what, 100 people? Oh, yeah, 100 the, people. Absolutely. was the first. Oh, yeah. And what an opportunity, right? When you can, again, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, just create something, yep. right? But you know what's in your heart. Yep. And then you're approaching it from that standpoint, and it grows. Yes. We tripped over this, it Randy. Grows. That's interesting. I say some of the some of the best stuff, some of the stuff I'm doing right now, and I and I've just kind of have really seen this now. Some of the stuff that I'm doing now that is really growing, it it happened because of a question that someone asked me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that caused me to trip over something. I mean, I tripped <laughs> over mosaic. I mean, really, I was like, and it's like it's you said, growing. I don't want to do this. At first, they didn't want to be yeah, exactly yeah, right. You yeah. know, you talk about that that whole thing. I mean, so it's now it's where people, you know. Um, People have asked questions. They're like, so what would you, what about this? And I'm like, I don't know. Let's and I'll start thinking together. about it. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I'm putting together teams. And that's the thing. I mean, this happens. The stuff I can do these things because I got amazing people sure, that just sure. were on the same road. Yeah. And together. we want all the entrepreneurs out there to know that, you know what? Build a team around yourself. Right, because there's going to be something that you can't do, and you want to avoid that burnout. You, you want to be working on that business, yeah, not in not it. Not in it, man. You Come will on. absolutely burn out. Now, listen, Just I'm going to tell you, I had to learn this myself. I'm now, you know, developing whether it's a virtual assistant team yes. or just talking with really, really smart people and yes. saying, you know, please share something with me, advise me. Now, that takes something for that person that likes to do it themselves. That's right. Get oh. in there, and you're, you know, you're this entrepreneur, you're on the road yourself, and like, I'm going to build this thing. Ooh. No, you're not. You're going to crash and burn. Thank you. And it's going to be a disaster. And it's going to be a disaster. Build some teams for the ideas that you're thinking about. Yeah. Right? And now, yeah. my play is, my big deal is, yeah. how can you earn all your money online? Now, you know, guys out there and, and earn every dime online, yeah. land, is that, but listen, you may start with something that's, that starts outside of that online idea. But if you listen to Scott, what he talked about was putting a kit together and now that kit can be shared and you can now do with it in your community based on your talent strength, what you want. That's right. That is quintessential, you know, learning another way to earn and present an idea. See, and also another part, because I think generally that, and this, you know, I have a for-profit business, but, this is a not a, you know this is a five hundred one c three, but I'm developing this within a business model. So how is it going to be self sustaining? So what we did, I was speaking at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. Had someone in the audience that actually you meet some of the you meet some amazing Grand Rapids folks in te- in Austin, Texas during yeah. South by Southwest. That's, that's right. That's right. So I'm there, and one of my uh, well, he's a friend now, but he's sitting in the audience. Larry Ferragali that owns a company called Brightly. They do custom mm-hmm. software design. Mm-hmm. He says, "I want to help you." I'm like, "Okay." He says, because I hear you interviewing. He said, man, this is on fire right here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I said, so we start talking. I've always had a vision for Mosaic Film Experience to scale mm-hmm. around the world. Sure. Um, he said, well, this is kind of what we do. So we had a meeting. They, he brought his whole staff around us. And so now what we're doing, 
we're in the process of developing, raising funds and developing a digital platform, uh -huh. whereas all the assets for educators and students are uploaded, uh -huh. and they actually are able to access those for free while underwriters of business and film festivals uh -huh. that don't have a youth-centric part of it, we provide for them a turnkey and we license it for, to That's them. Right. That's right. On an annual basis, and then we can actually reach millions of kids right. and millions of teachers. Right. So, so it can become self-sustaining, and that's the goal. Yeah. And so. now, keep in mind, guys, if you as you listen to this, even if you're starting nonprofits or whatever you're getting after, listen to what the principle here is: create something, right? Mm -hmm. But then you're always thinking about how can I self make it self-sustaining, mm -hmm. right? So you want to talk about your automations. How can I not have to always show up to this there thing, you go. right? So now that's the X as service, mm -hmm. as a service. Now, now think about that for a minute, right? You've got software as a service. Yep. But now what we're looking at is most things as a service, mm -hmm. right? That's going to get you into a whole different business model. But it may get you into that kind of business model that allows you, again, to scale easily to earn a different way, true, right? True. And then to come in and be the consultant to the thing that you created. Yeah, that's a software true. play. Now we know where that's going. Yeah. It's a digital play. It's we digital know where play. that's going. Yep. So if we're not thinking about creating most of the things that we possibly can in the online space, you're going to get left behind. Yeah. And I don't want anybody out there and earn every dime online Listen. land to get left behind. We're not going to let it happen. No. We're going to be creating stuff mm -hmm. and then showing you and uncovering these ways to earn a living a different way. This is what the show is yeah, all about. I mean, and, and it's so true because I'm big on scaling and I'm big on not having to show up, you know, showing up less and less. And That's so right. when I show up and I do a talk, it, you know, it costs more to have me there. And, and then even Global Bridge Builders, I've got a team that mm -hmm. writes and does research and things mm -hmm. like that. Putting that process together, all my assessments that are online, we have over 30, almost 40,000 people in our database mm -hmm, now, mm -hmm. organizations that we can actually draw best practice metrics from around diversity and inclusion. I don't write the software, <laughs> right? I don't, I don't, I mean, I said, here's my goal. And I met with a tech organization, interviewed uh -huh. them, chemistry was there. I said, I want to be able to look at real times um, mm -hmm. when an organization, are, they're taking the inclusion systems assessment. I want to be able to look at it on my phone wherever I am in the world. Oh, that's good. And that was my destination. I said, mm -hmm. I don't care how you get there because mm -hmm. I don't write code, but you do. That's right. Here's where I want to end up. I'm not going to try to write code. That's right. And you so do what you, you do. do that. That's right. Right. And I think too, part of it is you telling your listeners and that is you can't, you can't um, own, you may say, well, I don't want to give away that. I don't want to give away that margin. Mm -hmm. Well, if you if you give away margin, if that if you if you giving that particular part of margin allows you to serve more customers to make more revenue, that's right. Why wouldn't you do it? Right. Who wants you to own hundred percent of nothing? You can't be your lawyer and your accountant. Right. And your, I remember one time when my wife Barbara and I we were we started a, a direct sale company years ago, and it didn't work. We learned so many things. We got our PhD. Well, right? Was that the very first that business? I think that was yeah, the very first business. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. So, and that didn't work, but boy, we learned so many amazing things, mm -hmm. right? But I, we remember going to a, a, a guy's printing company. Mm -hmm. He was in Holland, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, we walked in, and he had a cot next to his desk, <laughs> a bunch of bottles of root beer opened up, <laughs> chips, a pillow. That brother was living at that printing place. Right. I said, yeah. that's not what I'm going to be right there. I know, that's right. 
Why be tied to your situation? And then you got a company and you sleep in there? Right. And nowadays we don't have to do that, right? I mean, from a digital perspective, right? And this is why, you know, I created the thing that I'm creating right now. I'm doing everything I can to push as much stuff online as possible. I agree. If you want me to show up, that's going to be inflation. Best cost. Right? But now if you want my products to show up. Yeah. Right? Or one of my websites to show up. There you go. One of my blogs or something that you can now say I can get information from this. It's going to cost you a couple bucks. That's right. Then that's what it's about. And that's what we want to talk to other people about. You know, I'm really fascinated about something you said. You started uh, Global Bridge Builders in 2006, if I'm not correct. Correct. Right? Yeah. So Mm -hmm. 2006, what was the idea behind Global Bridge? bridge builders so when we first when i first started that i again kind of stumbled over some stuff i i, I walked in it was funny i was we were closing down the business that barb and i started and then we said okay we're gonna we're not gonna do this and so i was um literally having a meeting with the post office to do one more direct mail campaign to try to kind of save things mm-hmm. and um so I'm literally, Randy, walking down the hallway where the marketing department of the post office. So it's not mm-hmm. the post office, but it's the marketing department, mm-hmm. which is off-site someplace. Mm-hmm. I'm walking, and I looked at the vending machine in the hallway. I looked to my right, and there's a company there that had a name that had diversity in it. That's interesting. I went in there, which I never, ever do, because I'm completely low-key like that. Uh-huh. I walked in, and I said, so what do you guys do? Because mm-hmm. I just been, I just got my master's. And I was teaching at a university here, diversity. Mm-hmm, so I mm-hmm. knew, again, I didn't really know I was going to be good at teaching it, but I kept getting being asked to, to, to do mm-hmm. more and more and more. Just stumbling on stuff. So, I mean, this is crazy, <laughs> right? This is crazy. It's kind of a narrative, right? Uh-huh. So I walk in, they say, well, we do diversity. We, 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 work, we work with organizations. I said, that's really interesting because I didn't really know that there was a, a, a for-profit model around that. Mm-hmm, sure. And I was teaching it. So I end up, I said, okay. Can I come and volunteer here? This is a for-profit firm. Can I come and volunteer? They're like, what do you mean? Volunteer? Who does that? Yeah, what? yeah this is for-profit. People come when they want to get paid. <laughs> Can I come and watch what you do? That's right. For, they said, uh, yeah. yeah <laughs> let's sure. See, let's see if we got this right. We're going to get some talent. <laughs> for free. For free. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to get in the way. That's right. And you, you want to learn. That's okay, right. let's do this. So I was there, Randy, for probably three months. Mm-hmm. And... Um, one of the partners went on maternity leave, and she said she didn't want to come back. They looked to me. They said, hey, we have this contract with this aerospace company uh-huh. to teach a class. Would you teach it for us? I'm like, uh, sure. That's I went awesome. and taught it. It was a six-month contract that they had it at the time, and I got it to be five years. Nice. I ended up being a partner and owner. Added value. Yeah, added value. That's right. <laughs> I ended up being an owner of the company that I that I walked off the street and volunteered at. Yeah, so I one of the managing partners. I, I want everybody out there to hear this, right? Sometimes when you're transitioning, you know, and I worked in industry for 23 years, yeah. and having to transition yeah. to something different took a different approach, yeah. right? So like you said earlier, we were, uh, you know, off of, off of the mics, we yeah. were talking about, you know, it's not the same as just going to work getting paid for doing nothing. Nope. You have to produce. You got to solve right? a problem. You have to solve a problem. So, you go in and volunteer. Yeah. Sometimes to learn. That was so Sometimes crazy. to understand whether your talent field is yes. in this area. Yeah. And I, and I didn't an know. I knew I could teach diversity and sure. inclusion. I didn't know that that would translate. So, I ended up being a managing partner and then I ended up working uh, I was actually thinking of a strategic alliance with a magazine in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. 
and they are, you know, they were the kind of the preeminent uh, definer of DNI, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was ended up being so. So I go there. Not, not everybody's going to understand what DNI means. I'm but, sorry, uh, diversity and inclusion. That's right. right. Thank there you. It. There it is. So I w- <laughs> so I flew to New Jersey to look at a strategic alliance with this magazine because that mm-hmm. was the only magazine at the time I would read from cover to cover. Mm-hmm. So I read the magazine. And I said, "Oh man!" I said, "You know what? They could benefit from these assessment tools we're working on." Mm-hmm. So I talk. I end up talking to the founder of the magazine. I fly out there for an hour long meeting, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it goes well. Three days later, I'm driving down the street. I see seven three two on my on my phone. I'm like, "Who is that? <laughs> was this a bill collector?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's up, right? So the founder says, "Hey, Scott, have you ever thought about moving to New Jersey?" I'm like, "No, I haven't. Not thought about it. I just haven't thought about New Jersey." Mm-hmm. He said, "Could I fly you and your wife out here to talk to you about something?" So I go there. We mm-hmm. fly out there, and they wine and dine us. So I end up being the vice president of benchmarking and analysis for the magazine. Awesome. Work with all the Fortune 500. So the, the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, Starbucks, Disney, Wild I would work with all their chief diversity mm-hmm. officers. Mm-hmm. So I saw some things. And so I you was, actually moved out? No. I, I, oh, you did they wanted here. me to, but I, I ended up actually flying back and forth. Got it. Got it. So, but what I saw, Randy, was that a lot, the largesse, the size of a, of a diversity and inclusion initiative does not tell you the success of it or the mm-hmm. impact of it. And I found that many of them were big programs because they were well-funded. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when that diversity champion would leave, it would implode because it wasn't systems-based. Got it. Yeah, Right? Sure. So then I left the magazine a year after and then started Global Bridge Builders. Mm-hmm. And Global Bridge Builders, its focus is process and systems That's around right. Right. diversity and inclusion. But the added value that we bring is that we connect inclusion to innovation. So our focus, our premise is that having heterogeneous and diverse teams is actually more creative. And so while people may have a problem with diversity, I've never heard anybody that has any wits to have a problem with innovation. Innovation, right, right. So our focus is very systems, very process engineering focused. Um, we we choose our clients now because we don't want to work with an organization that simply wants to do a cute program. Sure, yeah. That doesn't bode well for them. It doesn't bode well mm-hmm. for us. And, you know, we don't advertise because our clients sell force because of the results that they get. That's good. But that's how really Global Bridge Builders is started. And we still, and we, we work all around. We have, we work in uh, seven different countries now. Yeah, so yeah. So it's just... I know that from the things. website, and you know it's a, a fabulous con- uh, company. And you know, I noticed again. I know Scott, and we go yeah, way back and all right that kind years. of stuff. So you guys are getting the benefit of friendship, and that's right. And all of this knowledge that you're hearing today, and on how to build something in a unique way, how to build multiple things in a unique way, yeah. how to stumble across stuff and grow even that. Yeah. Is that valuable to you guys today? I hope it is because Man. we're going to get into some other conversations that's really going to just blow your mind. We want to transition <laughs> to go. some some good stuff. You yeah. know, I uh, Scott is the uh, the proud author of Plantation Jesus. How's that for a mild title, right? Okay, now I'm going to say that <laughs> title one more time. Plantation Jesus. So, so one of the first questions that I asked yes. when I saw that Immediately, I was going to buy it, right? Because, you know, you got a quality guy writing it, right? And he's got some partners on here that I recognize as yes. well. And I thought, I'm buying it no matter what. That's great. But I did have a question. Mm-hmm. Who is or what is yeah. Plantation Jesus? Oh, man, that's a great question, Randy. So if you think about our American history, um, there was a time during Reconstruction that there was this uh, 
personification of a, of a system that was a, uh, a system that marginalized oppressed oppressed people, a very racist system, and it was its name was Jim Crow. Mm-hmm. We know mm-hmm. that it's just it's just a part of our sure. yeah. of our history as, as the United States, right? Um, but but what what plantation Jesus is is plantation is also the personification of a system, but this system was at work within the church, mm-hmm. and so and you say, well, yeah, in the church, yes, I mean, anything that that Jim Crow did, plantation Jesus was all for inside of the church, and that's why. I mean, and I think the point is, is that it still has we see relics of that today, mm-hmm. segregated Sundays. Uh, when you hear terms like black church, white church, mm-hmm. those are all vestiges sure. of plantation Jesus, and so. But we juxtapose this to, um, you know, because I'm a Christian, we juxtapose this to the real Jesus, who is for people to live their best life. Uh, he is not for marginalization and oppression and all the things that Plantation Jesus sits back and actually right. fans the flame of. Sure, sure. That's the premise of the initial premise yeah. of Plantation What Jesus. an exciting title. And as a book writer myself, you know, it's always about, you know, grabbing that title that grabs people to, uh, people's attention. I even love the subhead, right? So it's race, yes. faith, and a new way forward. Yeah, yeah. Is we, that is that yeah. speaking to hope? It, it, it is. And here's the thing, because we know the. I think many of us know the problems that we are encountering in society that we see. We put a new way forward because we believe there is a new way forward. But that that new way forward is actually one where we do together. Mm-hmm. So it's it's uh, this whole idea is that. The race, faith, and new way forward is encouraging people from various communities to come together and to unify and solve problems together. We believe you can have really, really tough conversations, but don't have them in a vacuum. Have them with people that are different from you, and that's where we talk about you know a new way forward because we do believe it's a it's a it's a tough subject. It's a, it's a tough title. But it's and it's a but it's a solutions oriented book. Mm-hmm. Sure, I noticed that about it when I was reading through it, and you notice I you know marked it all up, and I've got my little sticky notes and all that good stuff. Sure, it, right, and you know this is consistent with the work that you were doing with uh, Rick Wilson, right? Yeah, uh, the late Rick. Yeah, that's Wilson, right. That's right. Uh, with the radio show, what was the radio show again? It's called Radio. It was called Radio in Black and White, the most integrated hour of the week. It was awesome, right? <laughs> and that ran for yeah, eight years. years. Yeah, it was a great, great show. And, uh, you know, it was, they got after some really tough topics. White guy, uh, you know, black guy, and and just just getting after it. Yeah. Now, how how did that relationship uh, begin? I see a little bit of it in the book, but how did you guys meet? Well, we met at church. Uh, He was actually director of communications at a large church here. Mm -hmm. And um, we started talking, and his job was to interview some of the new members of the church, Mm -hmm. actually. And so uh, I was doing a training at the time, and they had me come in and do a training for the staff, right? Kind of a faith-based approach to D&I, diversity and inclusion. And I, one of the questions he would always say, he says, man, when you ask this question, you really hit me right between the eyes. One of the questions I said, well, I said, life is best experienced in community. Sure. I said, who do you, when is the last time you had someone at your dinner table that looked different from you? That's right. That's page said, 25. He said it hit him. That's right there. Yeah, he said it hit him, right? <laughs> he said that changed everything. So he and his wife, Lori, invited Barb and I over. Mm-hmm. And it was just like meeting old friends. And we just continued it. And so we would end up at uh, Panera Bread or different places having a, 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 a breakfast or lunch. And he said, he said, Scott, what do you think about at the time he was working at it? He left the church and was at a um, radio station. Mm-hmm. He said, what do you think about a radio show? I said, man, I hate talk radio because it's so... 
<laughs> bombastic and divisive, and they sure. smash people. I said, I said I would do it if you if it can add value, if it can build community, if we can help to bring people together. He said, okay, all right, I, that we can do that. Mm-hmm. I said, now what I'll do is I'll raise money from some of my client sponsors from Global Bridge Builders, mm-hmm. and let's just see if it works. So we actually had inventory was sold out before we ever spoke a word on online, before we ever spoke a word on the radio. Now, now there's in with what, what Scott just talked about, there's business principles all throughout that, mm. right? So taking the power of from from one thing that you were doing, Global Bridge Builders, yep. right? And leveraging yep. the relationships, That's the it. social capital, yeah, all totally. that kind of stuff into yeah. a whole different area. Totally. So now entrepreneurs you know, we you know sometimes have a disease of starting a whole bunch of things, but sometimes, you know, if we start the one thing, just one thing, and make that something, yep, then it will spill yeah, naturally into other things. Yeah, it's true. Right, it's and true. you don't have a big disbursement of your energies, your time, your capital, and all that kind of stuff. That's right. One of the things too, Randy, is if if you kind of look at the stuff that I do, everything that I do builds bridges. That's right. Right. I love that. So. Plantation Jesus, the books, right? That that builds bridges. Mosaic Film Experience has a bridge with our young people. And you've got curriculum, and right? Curriculum that you guys there, have built. It, that, that, that bridge, everything that, that I do has to bring people together. That's what and so about. that's the golden thread for everything is community. And that's, that's why right. I call the company Bridge Builders because that's what it is. And we do it across different, you know, ponds, so to speak, overseas as well. It's We try to make, whether that be work communities, uh-huh. faith communities, um, residential communities better. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. that's the whole focus of everything that I do. Right. And there's a conversation for you guys out there, right? Is that you create yourself a theme, yeah. right? A theme that is going to fulfill you, mm-hmm. right? A theme that obviously can pay you. Yeah, right? absolutely. And if you're going to walk off of a job, a nine to five or something like that, something that gets you up in the morning and it's consistent. Yeah. Everything, if you heard Scott talk about, is something that he is themed out, mm-hmm. right? Now, there's something in the book that... Uh, yeah. that um, I thought was interesting. Yeah. It was on that same page 25. Yeah. And you said that uh, someone had told you that yeah. it wasn't supposed to work, that cross-racial yes. cross racial mm-hmm. friendships and partnerships aren't supposed to work. Isn't that crazy? Right now, you don't have to say who said it, but yeah. what, what's that concept? It's well, not supposed to work, but you guys did it. But here's years. the thing, Randy, and I won't say who said it, but it was one of the foremost Christian researchers in the in the world, <clears throat> Rick and I asked the question. We went to one of his seminar, seminars. Mm-hmm. He said that, and we're sitting there looking at him. Rick being Scotch Irish, me being African American, he's telling it doesn't work, and congregations like that don't work. That's not true either. Mm-hmm. So he was so his <clears throat> his research mm-hmm. caused him to come to this entire question biased. So he only saw what he wanted to see. Because there are there are congregations around the United States where it's be, beginning to look like heaven, right? Mm-hmm, you know, and mm-hmm. so um, so when we when he said that it didn't work, we were like, well, that's not true, and and they weren't used to hearing people speak back to him. But Rick and I were like, in the audience, well, that's not that's not exactly true. So your research is saying one thing, mm-hmm. but don't you think people have a heart to come together and in their quiet moments? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, they might posture during the day, mm-hmm. but they know life doesn't work in, in, in segregation, life doesn't work in separation, life works in community, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think people tend to think that in order to do that, you gotta you have to agree with everything that that particular person or that group says. 
You don't have to. Mature conversations and mature relationships don't even happen unless you have some disagreement. Because you got, it says iron sharpens iron. Some stuff, sparks got to fly. That's right. But that's okay. And that's a good thing, right? Uh, good no thing. gym floor. I remember hearing this once. No gym floor gets polished without a little friction. Come on. Right? It's the that truth. heat from that friction yeah. helps yes. make the shine. Come on now. We Come know on, what's right? happening. So, no, there's something else yes. that, that was on page 99 yeah. that I thought was interesting. Uh, it says, Plantation Jesus uh-huh. continues to live in the patterns of bigotry mm. and prejudice. True. Right? So, now, look at look at, look at how he formed those words. Plantation Jesus. Yep. Right? As yep. it's been yep. forwarded out uh-huh. to mean a specific thing. So, when I read that, I thought... That's like saying, using it like that, plantation Jesus, mm-hmm. as if it's a frame of mind. Yes. Is that what you were getting at? It is a frame of mind. Again, it's Jim Crow. It's, it was a system, right? Plantation Jesus is a system, but in order for a system to work, it has to be uh, held up by people with a certain mindset to encourage and endorse that system. Mm-hmm. And so it only works within bigotry and prejudice. And so when you step outside of that system, if you will, or that plantation Jesus mindset, you see what it is for what it what you see it for what it is, and the crazy thing about it is, Randy, is the people that have that mindset, they are being debilitated intellectually and not knowing it. But you cannot have that mindset and live a healthy life, and you certainly can't live a happy life. Wow! Right, that's, and that's, so that's, that's why bigotry and prejudice is such a it, it's it's so antithetical to the real Jesus, but it is completely consistent with plantation Jesus. And then right there on 115, mm-hmm. you said something key, man. What's that? Right? And I was looking around. I was wondering who, who was watching <laughs> me read this and, and what the effect were gonna, yes. effects were going to be. So listen, you said right at the bottom there, you says, no one living in America today is not benefiting mm. from the national ancestry of slaveholders. Oh, it's true. Man, will you break that out for Brother, us? Brother, check this out. So... There's a, we had a, Brick and I had a radio, we had a program, um, we had the author of a book called Ebony and Ivy. This is one of the points of the conversation to answer your question. Ebony and Ivy, it actually is a book you can buy it on Amazon, wherever. It talks about the complicit nature of, so that every Ivy League school mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. has in their endowment funds from slavery. Wow. Right? So you think about this. To get it done, you had to insure the boats. You had to employ the coopers who made the barrels. You had to get the people that would make the distillery for the rum. You had to actually bring investment in to actually build the ship and invest the journey of the ship. You had to insure the ship. You also had to insure the number of bodies that would come back, right? Which is why sometimes they would throw people overboard, right? Because it was... It was uh, causing, it, they were losing money by having certain amount of sick Africans on the, on mm-hmm, the boat. Mm-hmm. Just all kinds of just devilish stuff, right? But Ebony and Ivy, Ebony and Ivy spoke about the fact that in, in, inside of these endowments, your Harvards, your Yales, your Princetons, there's, there's money in there from the trafficking of human souls, yeah. period, yeah. right? Also, you think about it, any large um, insurance company that is older than 60, 70 even, let's say 100 years old, right? Mm-hmm. That actually, their their original book of business had to do with um, the, the chart of accounts, had to do with how they would bring in and import Africans. Wow. Right? And I'm I say you. Africans, not slaves, because 
our system here in America made them slaves. They were Africans. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that part, um, there's organization. There's actually, and so we talk about that too. Like Brooks Brothers, has a just a an awful history around um, uh, slavery and where the wealth came from to actually support uh-huh. that business. Uh-huh. And then um, to go even further is uh, one of my friends. She's a dear friend now, but we she came on the show with uh-huh. Rick and I. There's a documentary called um, uh, Traces of the Trade, uh-huh. The Secrets of the Deep North. So uh-huh. Katrina Brown, her family has the dubious um, uh, notoriety of being the largest right, importers of uh-huh. Africans in the history of the United States. Right. We're friends now. So this is how... And she discovered that, right? Is oh, that she, what yes. I read so about what, that? She yes, discovered so what she did history. is she actually... Sure. She, her, her, she, when her grandma passed, she was looking in grandma's closet, kind of working through her personal effects, and said, there's, she found a letter that said, we don't talk about three things. Politics, religion, or the slaves, and it opened up a whole room for Katrina. Wow! She said, "I got to go after this." Sure. So she sent a call out to her family and said, "Hey, I want to go and retrace our steps." What? What is Grandma? What was she talking about? She ended up sending sending about two hundred sixty invites out. Uh-huh. Um, one hundred twenty responded, and she took about twenty five to forty of them of the family, and they traced that group. When you go to Bristol, Rhode Island, and the, and the documentary is a PBS documentary, it has it right there. Uh-huh. But you go to her, you go to Bristol, Rhode Island, where her family is like famous. Okay, uh-huh. in the stained glass, there are DeWolfs there because she's Katrina DeWolf, uh-huh. Uh-huh. right? So, but check this out, and she actually draws out the um, the supply chain. Wow, that would make Starbucks uh, blush. It's so sophisticated. <laughs> the Coopers, right? Yeah, the barrels. True. They employed the Coopers. They employed. The, the, the captains, they employed, they, they built the ships, they owned it all, Randy. Then, wow, when, the, when, slave, when the Middle Passage was stopped, uh-huh. then we had our domestic slave trade. Uh-huh. So what, what her great-great-uncles did, they were giving to Thomas Jefferson's political campaign. He was in office. This is, I love when history comes to where we are, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. So Thomas Jefferson... He actually allowed the DeWolf brothers to become, he actually promoted one as the, the, the head of the Port Authority. Wow. So he could look the other way. That's deep. And so they brought in more Africans based upon their political contribution to Thomas Jefferson. The DeWolf brother, Katrina's great-great-uncle, turned his head while the other one actually did the work of bringing them in. You know, this is interesting. And Scott and I were talking off mic about Needing the flexibility yeah. in your life mm-hmm. to have a voice to say certain things. Now, listen, you probably didn't expect this kind of show on the Earn Every Dime Online <laughs> show, but we talk about money, but we talk about, uh, you know, uh, uncovering new ways to earn a living. But we yeah. also talk about a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. right? And we just got into it today because he wrote the book and it was awesome. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. As you guys listen to this stuff today, right? And as your soul starts stirring over there today, right, as you think about how you're going to go out and earn your living, Mm -hmm. understand that you may need a degree of flexibility so you can earn it in the way that you desire, Mm -hmm. that you can say the things that you need to say. Yes. Right. And that's what I want to ask Scott. Listen, I I, I had a one at the top of my three by five cars, no cars. I had at the top. Why this book? And why now? Oh, my goodness. Great questions, Randy. Um, why this book, Why Now? is because I think if people look around, um, and not just domestically, but even around the world, the, I would say this. If you look around, 
and you consider all the methodology, all the methods that were supposed to get us further along, we're kind of in the same kind of place in some degree. Not saying we haven't made progress, but I think the book is now because what we've been doing heretofore it hasn't worked. Right. And and I think so. We have a business model. We got a business. Yeah, we got a business model. <laughs> this product, sure, just, our sure. methodology is yeah. obsolete. It yeah. just doesn't work. It's like trying to play an eight track tape. It's like we don't even have the machinery for That's it anymore, it. right? It. Yeah. And so and so I think why now is because there's such separation. Um, there's such polarization of people and groups and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think there's also people that have an interest now to say, okay, wait a minute. I've heard about this stuff around slavery and racism stuff for so many years. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that have to do with me like now? That's right. So one of the things that we do in the book is we talk about it. Here's why it's now. Because we're actually, the reason that we've gotten to this point is because we have not done a good job at processing what has happened historically. Mm-hmm. Right? So we have to do that. We have to have the conversation. And But people don't talk if they don't have a language. And so Plantation Jesus helps you to develop a language it's got an, it's got questions it's got lessons uh, back lessons sure and, sure an amazing bibliography and yeah. we want people to take this as a catalyst moment to go forward sure. but to your point Randy around finances uh, Plantation Jesus is very much connected to finances because mm-hmm. you know well, you, you talk about some of the air, other areas oh yeah. Sports. Sports. There was a key in there and I wrote Ooh. it down and I didn't I didn't extrapolate it out. Yes. But uh there was a word you used for um the the what's happening in, in the colleges. Yeah. I can't remember a new kind of system. I can't remember the word. It's a new kind of Jim Crow, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A new and, kind of oh, Jim man. Crow. Yeah, it, it is. It's, I really it, started it, looking around then. Dude, listen, <laughs> and the thing is and again, you know, if there's some amazing other authors, uh Michelle Alexander who wrote the new Jim Crow, mm-hmm. uh Ava DuVernay did a documentary called The Thirteenth. These are just facts. They're just, they're just facts. Right. And if they, they are brutal. But here's the thing: politically correct conversation does more to kill good conversation than anything else. Right. We don't go forward by being polite and by well, not not to, having this political correctness. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't help us move forward. So some of the conversations that the book will start will be heated. But I would tell you the same thing that Rick and I agreed to. Mm-hmm. You can argue. But always, always, always commit to staying at the table. That's good stuff. Never back away from the table. That's right. Work it out as a family, right? That was my brother from another mother. Work it out, right? Talk it through. Uh-huh. Get heated. You know, he would turn red sometimes. At the end, he knew, like, we're, well, we knew we can't, mm-hmm. we can't back away. So we better, uh, we better get this done. We got yeah. a show to do. Right, so we better solve it, and that's what we would do, Randy. Let's become friends before the mics right. turn on. We got to reconcile. That's right, and that's good stuff, right? So, you know, it, and it's consistent again with the work that you're doing with yeah. Global Bridge Builders. Yeah, it's consistent with the theme yeah. that you've wrapped around your life, yes. right? So, as we start thinking about extrapolating this conversation and now making it make sense to you guys out there as you develop your entrepreneurial or mm. whatever's, right? Think about that empowering. Theme, yeah. theme that you can go, you know what? I am in my core about this yeah. work. Yeah. And it will never be work to you. It's I told true. my wife the other day, I says, you know what? I'm not going to work. I'm going to the playground Thank you. where I earn there you go. a living. So, I mean, and is, is that just a different way of looking at this? It, it's a perspective. It really is a perspective. And I think it's, it's so important in this day and age. I mean, like I would say, you know, you and I live in, in West Michigan. And we got an amazing business here called Meyer. Um, do you ever think that they would that they woke up and to th- and thought 
that their chief competitor would have been an online bookseller? Mm, probably never. Right? When Amazon bought Whole Foods, mm -hmm. game on. That's right. So these days, if you're not sweeping with your kind of your intellectual radar, sleep looking at patterns and dots and connecting those, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you are asleep. And diversity. Oh. And, and diversity in your network. Really matters. You've got to have it. That's right. And the thing is, ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance will get you messed up these days, right? Yeah, yeah. And nobody has the privilege to walk away from diversity in their network. You just don't have it anymore. That's Those days are gone. Is that what your curriculum uh, that you guys developed really spoke to? Or is, is that still, to, do well, you still use about, that? No I, no, I just haven't. I haven't had a chance to really do much with it. We have it now. But I mean, it really was around American history, tying it into church history, mm -hmm. tying it into current history right mm -hmm. and also the financial model for it because it all this this that whole thing only worked randy because of finances mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right it was a big big deal I tell folks what would i mean how much could you profit and prosper if you had no overhead which is the biggest line <laughs> item labor is the biggest line item of any organization that's right well how would you i mean how well how fat would your margins be if you didn't have to pay mm -hmm. employees wow wow that's now, the business that's, model that's a big question and we did it for 400 years yeah, so, of sure. course, we are an, an amazing nation. We are prospering like this. If I didn't have to pay, uh, you know, if I didn't have to pay employees for 400 years, I would, too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Look, it's a tough conversation, but I'm going to tell you, it's a great, great book. <laughs> you know, Plantation Jesus, Race, Faith, and a New Way Forward by Scott Welch and Rick Wilson with yes. Andy Kumbo. Kumbo Floyd. Yeah, man. I'm telling you, it is uh, on fire. And when you're reading it, you're going to be on fire. Sometimes you may have a red face. Yeah. And sometimes you may have a little embarrassment. But I'm telling you, you're going to walk away from reading this book with enlightenment. Right? Yeah. That's our hope. Hey, listen, we want to thank Scott Welch for coming on the show today and dropping some knowledge great, on us. Randy. Thank you for Dropping you, some man. business on us <laughs> and giving us something to think about. Sure. For a long time. I hope you guys have enjoyed it as well. Thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> oh, a lot of fun. <laughs>